Yes, this dry expanse of the Tanami sweeps for thousands of kilometres across the Northern Territory and Western Australia. Now, dotted across the landscape are those instantly recognisable boab trees. Not only did the trees provide food and medicine and tools for local First Nations people, they also, it turns out, safeguard some of the oldest stories in the form of bark carving. But the ancient trees are threatened by bushfires and land clearing. So a team of academics and traditional owners are working together on recording and studying the Boabs and preserving their stories. Sue O'Connor is Distinguished Professor in the School of Culture, History and Language at the ANU, and she's lead author of a recently published research on these dendroglyphs. Sue, thank Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Geraldine. Would you mind defining dendroglyphs for me, please, before the listeners yell at me? Dendroglyphs, uh, it's just a fancy name for carved trees or inscribed or carved. So you can get, they're basically either where the whole bark's removed to make a pattern or just bits of the bark are removed to create lines or pictures. I see. And so that it goes over all species. It's, uh, uh, it's not just yeah, the bark. Yeah, it's also used for our eastern states, indigenous carved um, eucalypts, so and other trees. Yeah, and some of the rainforest trees from Queensland. Now, could you paint us, please, a word picture of the desert you're working in and how you went about finding the Boabs in the first place? Well, the Tanami is remarkable. It looks it looks fairly benign in that it's fairly flat and sandy and the vegetation isn't that high, so mostly spinifex grass and other Australian tussock grass and acacia scrub, something they call turpentine bush because of the smell. So the boabs, when you see them, rise up really magnificent and with their massive swollen trunks, you can see them from a long way away. They rise up on this sandy landscape. Um, but even though the Tanami seems fairly benign, like when you look at it, pictures of it, when you try and actually do survey in it, it's a different matter altogether because it's full of like stakes from the spinifex, um, from the acacia scrub, which actually destroy your tyres very quickly. <laughs> so um, doing survey in the area was really a challenge. And we found the Boabs in the first place because... Um, a historian, by coincidence, a historian, Daryl Lewis, had located carved boabs, boabs with indigenous carvings, while he was actually searching the northern Tanami for a tree marked by the European explorer Ludwig Leichhardt, who most Australians would have heard of. Goodness. Um, Leichhardt disappeared with his entire party in 1848 without a trace. And to this day, no one knows where he disappeared and he's said to have marked a tree with the letter L. Now, Daryl Lewis, back in the 1980s, had a uh, consultancy from the National Museum in Canberra to try and find Leichhardt's tree. So he went looking for Leichhardt, and instead he found the carved boabs that we were interested in and recorded. But he never published them because that wasn't his game. He published, um, he just wrote a report to the National Museum saying he'd found these carved boabs and it sat there in the archives for many years until we got in touch with Daryl and um, the rest is history. He came on our expedition. <clears throat> he came on, he joined our expedition to try and relocate these Indigenous carved trees in the Tanami. My goodness. 
What kinds of carvings are visible on the trees? And what do they relate, what traditional stories do they relate to? Well, independently of us, the traditional owners had been interested in going back to this area because a land claim, um, even earlier than Daryl's work, had shown that this area was on a major dreaming track, the brown, the king brown snake dreaming, which goes all the way from the coast slightly south of Broome right the way across Western Australia. So that enormous reach, this dreaming track travels right into northern into the Northern Territory and turns northeast in the Northern Territory. So there'd been this dreaming track recorded on a land claim um, earlier in the early 80s and um, the Indigenous traditional owners hadn't been back to a lot of that country for many years. So they were interested in joining up with our expedition and lo and behold, when we got out there and found the first trees, all of the carvings were of snakes, almost all of them. There were a few animal tracks, but mostly the carvings were of coiled snakes, extended snakes, multiple snakes carved on some trees. Um, so the traditional owners were like this reified mm. their, their cosmology that these trees were the manifestation of this Indigenous dreaming. Do you need a trained eye to spot them or are they easily visible? Mm, it depends, Geraldine, because some of the trees are quite, they're like battle-scarred aged elephants or something. They're the really old trees which have circumferences, I think we recorded some with circumferences of up to 13 metres. Um, those really old trees are quite sort of warty and gnarly, the bark. So you can actually have trouble initially seeing them, especially during the, the hottest part of the day when the light just bleaches everything out. It's quite difficult to make out the carvings, but the best time to record them is early morning or late afternoon because you actually get the shadows on the carvings. And do on you, the younger trees, they're easier to see. Do you Sorry. know how uh, – no, look, you're just peppering – I'm peppering you with questions because they're emerging <laughs> as what you're saying. Do you know how old these carvings are? Are you able to determine that? No, we can. We could potentially date the trees, although no one successfully managed to date Australian boabs. There's only been one attempt and it was produced a modern date. They've dated um, – there's been successful dating of the relatives of the Australian boabs, which is the baobab of Africa, the famous bottle trees, and some of those trees have been dated to 1,500, 2,000 years old. But our carving – our trees have never been dated, and even if we dated the trees – that wouldn't tell us how old the carvings were. So I think it's going to be difficult because it's somewhere like the Northern Tanami. There might have been, you know, traditional ceremonial activities going on there, out there in that remote region until well after European, after the European invasion of Australia. There could have been um, groups meeting out in that area and conducting ceremony. So they could have been done prior to the European invasion, or they could have been done fairly recently. Because the ca the carvings weren't the only findings you made on the trip, were they? You also found stone artefacts and other remnants from First Nations campsites. Does this does this give you some guidance about the kinds of activity that took place? Yes, you're completely right there, Geraldine. Excavating some of this because because the boabs appear to have 
acted as a sort of foci for occupation. And you can see why as soon as we got out there and you'd been walking for several kilometres to get from the vehicle to the Boab that you could see in the distance, you'd sort of flop down in the shade on the shady side of the Boab because even though they're deciduous and they lose their leaves in the dry season, the trunks are so big, so enormous, that even in the hottest part of the day, you still get really great shade on the side of the tree that's not facing the sun. So you can see why Indigenous mm-hmm. people were attracted to them as campsites. They're like the the rock shelters or the caves of the flat, open, sandy deserts because they provide you some shelter and shade. Wow. And so all around the base of these trees, there were grinding stones, stone artefacts, and that might provide some indication of the age of the carvings if you could actually excavate the campsites around the base. And look, just quickly, um, I know there's risk from uh, bushfire land clearance, threats for, for, this, uh, for these trees. Are you heading back to Tanamai next dry season? We'd love to go back next year. Um, we only located a, a fraction of the trees that we know are out there because right. Daryl recorded or took a note of many more trees in locations we couldn't get to. All right. We actually had to. I'm going to. I'm to going to. I'm just going to stop you. Because we are. We have. Okay. But really interesting to chat. Thank you so much. Thank you, Geraldine. Sue, Great talking, uh, Professor Sue O'Connor. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.